Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com as well as the mobile app. He is Jeff Fiegels. I'm Lance Meadow with you for the next 60 minutes as we are getting you set for preseason game number one tonight between the Giants and the Patriots in Foxborough. An opportunity for you to interact with us here on the program. 201-939-4513. Can't get to a phone. Not a problem. Hashtag Giants chat on Twitter. And as a reminder, you can find the archive of the show and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app. Podcast platforms everywhere end at Giants.com slash podcast. So we have finally arrived mm-hmm. to some football tonight, Jeff. It's wow. not the most meaningful football, but it's football. And well, it's that's all that matters. Football. It's evaluation football. Exactly. Yeah. I'm excited. I mean, I <laughs> finally, I just, uh, I'm actually, I am in the studio today, uh, this studio in the building. There's no one here. Everyone's gone. But Dan Lynch, who is our, our boss, if you will, who does a lot of stuff for our show behind the scenes, said to me, can you believe we're at the first game? I said, yeah, I believe it. I'm doing it today. It's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> but there's really it's, it's a fun game. And I'll tell you, I remember when I was a rookie and the fresh and as a freshman, you're really, you know, it's all over again. It's what you are. But I, I just remember being so jacked up and nervous at the same time for this game because it's, you know, it's football, guys. And but this is a different level of football. So the, a lot of these rookies that are coming in here that came from college, they've always dreamed about playing in the NFL. I, even though I know it's preseason, it's still an NFL football game. It's, it's officiated the same way. It's called the same way. The rules are different than what they're used to. But it's exciting. And some of these guys are going to they're either going to really do well or they're going to really do bad. And that's what happens in these games. And that's just the pressure of the league, Lance. And, and I'm just excited to see these guys compete. I know that we'll talk a little bit more about this game and what we want to see out of it, what the coaching staff wants to see out of it, and more importantly, what Brian Dable wants to see out of it. Because from what we've been hearing, it's a lot of evaluation for both sides of the football and maybe wants to see a little bit about how these coaches are going to react during the game because this is a new staff. A lot of these guys have never worked together before. Well, and that brings me to where I want to start. I think you hit it right in the nose, Jeff. This preseason game for the Giants in particular maybe holds more value than teams that 
are bringing over the same coaching staffs back. The nucleus of the teams are the same. There's a lot of change for this franchise. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it's been a big theme every two years, but here we go again. You have a brand-new offensive strategy, brand-new defensive scheme. To your point, you have coaches that haven't necessarily been aligned with one another. Brian Dable brought over some guys from Buffalo, but not everybody. For example, Wink Martindale and him have never shared the same sideline, the same staff. Yeah. So you want to know that the communication is good. Also, Mike Kafka is going to be calling plays for the first time. He's been a coach, but he has never called plays. And Brian Dable is going to assume the role of a head coach, Jeff, without calling plays. <laughs> so how does that go for him? Game management, a bigger priority for him tonight, as opposed to just focusing on one facet of the team. So I agree with you. I think this game, it goes without saying it's critical because of all of the factors I just said, but the evaluation may be just as important for the coaching staff as it is for what the players are going to get out of a game like tonight. Yeah, it's, it's and it's important because, uh, you know, you, you hit a lot of things there, and I, I think that, you know, for, for this organization, this is the, uh, the new stepping stone, right? This is where things we hope – as an organization that things start to go and as fans, we hope that everything kind of irons itself out and we, and then move in the right direction. But, you know, thank God for these games in this type of scenario, right? I mean, because this is a, a time when you are a new staff, you are a new head coach, you are a new offensive coordinator. You're not a new defensive coordinator. Wink's been there before, but there's a lot of newness to this and no better time for newness than when three games don't count that you can newness your way around <laughs> if you want. <laughs> and so that's important. I think that um, it's critical at this point for this team and to go through and, and exactly the things that you said. I, I'm, I'm excited to see, for me, and I'll get into this a little bit later, but one of the points I'm going to bring up when we go about my points of offense, defense, and as a team and special teams is that the organization, that is, is really imperative to get down before the regular season starts because there's chaos on sidelines. And no matter, I don't care if it's preseason, regular season, Super Bowl, there's always a bunch of chaos going on. And how you control that chaos is important. And I think this is kind of one of those things where you were going to see that. Now, we're not going to be able to see it with the naked eye and kind of really hone in on see what's going on. But I will tell you this. I know that most likely, I don't know for sure, but, you know, Brian Dable has a headset on and he will be hearing communication through those headsets, whether it's the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, the head, the assistant coaches. And this is important to, for him to understand how the process is working and where, where this chaos can be eliminated as much as you can because there's a lot of guys that haven't worked together before. So, again, the three preseason games help this, and it's that evaluation, and also it's a warm-up for that first game against the Titans, and they're going to need to get everything you know, buttoned up and ready to go for that one. Absolutely. Also, it's an opportunity for him to maybe get his feet wet with where he would want to jump in in the communication line, Jeff, yeah. that you just described uh, right absolutely. during the game. Maybe there's going to be times where he tells Mike Kafka, I want to run this play. Well, and he's got to pick his moments to do that. Maybe he jumps in and goes to wink. Hey, let's not be so aggressive on this drive because I want to see how the guys settle in in terms of a certain feel of the contest. Little things like that as a head coach. 
once again, when you're a coordinator, you're the one maybe getting the messages from the head man. Now, all of a sudden, the shoe is on the other foot. This is a good way for him to get a feel of tempo of a game. When do you let your coordinators do their thing? When do you maybe step in and recommend mm-hmm. something? I, I think this is going to be a huge adjustment for Brian Dable because yeah. you know he is, he is used to having the headset on. He's used to having the big old menu in, in his hand. Uh, of plays and you know at this point now Mike Kafka is going to be calling the plays I would imagine there's going to be some of those things where and maybe not so much well maybe not maybe maybe in this game where he wants to see a little bit more in the running game where he says run run the ball okay and I don't care what play you call just run it here you know um, or he might have a pass called on first down and 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 he says listen let's just I want to run the football change the play here you know, something like that. But I think as the season goes, that, that'll probably come into more of an effect where uh, game flow, how things are happening. Uh, they're not they're not doing very well in the passing game. Let's keep running the football. We're doing well on that. So, And those will be things that, that they can work through. Um, remember, you only have 40 seconds on that clock to get a play in and execute it and go. So there's not going to be a lot of conversation. It's going to be very short. And you also don't want 17 voices going into the head of the quarterback when it comes to picking and choosing a play. Oh, I don't <laughs> know. Sure there's only one in sync voice letting him know. Uh, listen, I, you know, I, I have four kids and my wife and we've been, you know, there's been chaos in the kitchen before with things going <laughs> left and right. I can't imagine having, you know, obviously the quarterback has the green dot and he's getting the plays in his, but I mean, Talk about just scanners. Have anybody ever seen that movie where your, your head just blows up with all the stuff going on, right? I mean, I, got, I wouldn't be able to handle it. So sure. that's, that's Well, we don't have to worry about that because I'm never going to have to handle that either. But I There think you go. It's fairy tale land in your life. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think that you know the quarterbacks probably get used to that because they've, they've been able to do it in practice. They've, been able, they've done it in games before. Uh, I would imagine that they, they did it in college. I'm not sure if they have the microphone system in college unless it's just all – a bunch of signals on the sidelines because, and cards too that they well, go off of as well. Cards. How about how about have you seen those things on the college sideline before? They're like they're like they're encoded. These things are like you know you've got like the jack of spades one game holding up, and then the next one is like a you know a guy throwing a fire sword or something. It's like it means something. It's a secret coded system. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? No, I know exactly. It's hilarious. Sure. And then not to mention you've got your backup quarterback. Your third team quarterback, your fourth team, and your fifth team quarterback all doing different signals at the same time. It looks like you're in a disco. It's, it's hilarious. Because <laughs> they're trying to distract the other team from counting cards, yeah, apparently. Exactly. Like it's poker. And, yeah. and how much, how ridiculous is that that you have to do that because there's people on the other sideline trying to steal your signs for one play? I mean, really? Line up and play football, will you? <laughs> Forget about all the cards and all the, you know, the signals and all that kind of stuff. But it happens. Well, in all seriousness, the reason why I was bringing up the communication jokingly is Kafka spoke to the media earlier this week, Jeff, and one of the things he mentioned as he's getting used to working with Daniel Jones and communicating with him, that Daniel told him, you got to pipe down a little. You can't talk so loud in the headset. (laughs) I'm not making this up because he said that he was talking or screaming the play and it came in sort of like gargled to Daniel Jones. So Daniel, Daniel was telling him, listen, talk a little bit lower so that I could actually hear whatever you're actually trying to send in to me. So Kafka was joking. You know, those are the types of things sometimes you got to work out before a game or you use the preseason to do that. Well, I can see that happening because it's, it's been, it's been told on this show. I'm, I, I have a, you know, I'm, I'm not a great, I don't have a, I have hearing loss, right? So I'm not a great, I'm deaf almost. So, so I'm a loud talker. 
My wife tells me, my kids tell me all the time, you, God, you talk so loud. I can imagine Mike Kafka might have the same problem. So he's probably, you know, that would be me on that micro. That would be me on the walkie-talkie. And Daniel Jones would be, Jeff, can you please just settle down a little bit? Not to mention the excitement that I get. But can, I, I can just imagine because those little, those little speakers in there, um, I'm sure that they're, you know, they're not, I don't know, they're, 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 they're not in stereo. Well, and also, sure. it's not like a high-quality car system or whatever in his ears. <laughs> so you have to it's take that like, into consideration. Yeah, <laughs> all the static in there, and then you got Mike Kafka that's yelling. I mean, God forbid. I mean, how do you even get to play with all that stuff, you know? I mean, maybe that's a good thing. The quarterback's like, oh, I can't hear you. You're yelling, in the, you're yelling in the earpiece thing. I'm calling my own place. Yeah. Well, okay. but that, in that case, you need to have a quarterback that's confident enough to call his own plays, though. Exactly. It's one thing if you got Tom Brady as your quarterback. When yeah. you have a younger guy, I don't think you want the younger guy going off script too much. Well, plus, in a new system, you probably don't know the plays you know, that exactly. well yet. So, again, yes. there's a preseason. Not only do you get to warm up for the football, you get to warm up for the microphone and the walkie-talkie and you name it. It's all a, it's all a dress rehearsal. Um, and now you only have three of those. Normally, you have four. So, now you get to... You only do to do it three times, but they'll figure it out. These are all experienced coaches. They, you know, it's just a matter of getting on the same page with things. Because when you think about this, Lance, all these guys come from different areas. They all come from different teams that they've coached on. Uh, the pregame warmups are different. And by the way, you know, a lot of guys, are, the people, the listeners, they don't understand that. You know, there's a way to do things before the game starts. There's the the buses that leave. Some some teams, everybody goes on the first two buses. Some teams, there's four buses. They leave in 30 minute increments, right? Um, or whatever it is. But I was always the first bus. I had to get over there really early. But a lot of the guys that don't like to get over to the stadium early, they take the last bus. So there's usually like two or three, four buses that go different times. There's, there's, and when you get a new organization, that could change. There's also the way that you come out on the field. You know, there's so many, look at all the different teams that these guys have come from. They all come out, of the, out, out for a game differently. You know, and they got to go, you got to go over that. And that takes practice and practice time. I remember it, every year we had to come out and we had to do the pregame before the first re preseason game because we've never done it before. Nobody knows how to come out and you got to line up for your ex, you know, your stretching and pat and go and all this stuff that you do, your individual drills before the game. So it is a huge dress rehearsal. The first game, there's going to be a lot of mistakes. And that's just because uh, that they have not been there before. And that's kind of something. I think if you're Brian Dable, you're going to look for to eliminate as many of those as you can. Reminds me of when I was in elementary school, they'd have a school assembly and you'd practice, mm -hmm. right? How the class would come in, yeah. where you'd sit. Exactly. It sort of reminds me of that. That's exactly what it routine. is. Yeah. 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 And then you got the knuckleheads that don't pay attention, you of know, course. and, and uh, they go the other way. And then you got the, you know, back if you were in parochial school, like I was, they, you know, took the paddle and whacked you on the head or something, <laughs> you know, but I mean, you just got to pay attention to it because there's a flow, an ebb and flow to it. And you just want to make sure that it's right. And, and guys are, like I said, people don't understand how nervous you get before a game when you're young and a rookie, especially a, a professional football game. And a lot of times those guys forget even who they are and how to put their shoes on. That's how, and then <laughs> not to mention how they're going to line up in a stretch line, right? So you got you to gotta kind of help them through it. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it off? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it off, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. 
I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe will win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, speaking of the ebbs and flows, let's get into what we want to see from a team perspective game-wise, and then we can highlight some players to watch on both sides as well as on special teams, because we certainly don't want to overlook that facet on this program, given my co-host. But I want to go on the offensive side of the ball first, Mm -hmm. and keep in mind, I think it's important for our audience to understand Brian Dable and Mike Kafka, they're going to keep in the back of their mind, they only want to show so much in the preseason, Jeff. I think that's the number one thing. So we talk a lot about during training camp, there's been a lot of pre-snap motion, moving personnel around. I'm not saying that none of that is going to be on display, but I do think they'll scale it back a tad during the preseason because they don't want to give the opponents, specifically Tennessee, a lot of film given you want the Titans to be studying up on Chiefs and Bills film till they're blue in the face Mm -hmm. heading into week one. So that's the first thing. But whatever they are planning to run, you want to see communication be in sync because there is going to be a lot of pre-snap movement. And you'd rather work out the issues now, Jeff, than have them come to light in week one and you're picking up false start penalties and you're backing yourself up to first and 15 before you even begin a drive. So I think how Daniel Jones gets into the flow of the offense, running it with his series or two that he's going to be in and making sure that everybody is on the same page. I know this is maybe something really, really minute Newt, but these are the things that could come back to bite a team, and we've seen this hurt the Giants throughout previous regular seasons. Well, you know what? It, that yes, because you know what happens? It's penalties. <laughs> I mean, you can't get lined up. You can't get the the play called in the huddle to the line of scrimmage. Uh, identify the defense, make an audible if you have to, and run the play. You know that's operation, and and that's all part of not only understanding the offense, each one of you. Um, but also understanding situational football, what I got to do, where I'm at. So all this stuff is, is, goes into running the play and the evaluation part of it. The one thing that you said about the, the motions and the shifts and things, there'll be a little bit of that because that's just part of every offense. But there, you were, you're not going to see some of the things to, that are game planned against your opponent. And right now, they're game planning against the Titans as much as they can. They're not going to show anything here. But the shifts and the motions are all about lining people up because you want to get mismatched on an opponent somehow, right? So that's where all sure. the motions come from. So there's, they're not I, – and I know this for a fact, even though I never got a game – I never got a playbook. And I'm really glad I never did because I really <laughs> didn't need one, right? But I know this. Those, those guys, the playbooks – You got the, the playbook to get on the bus. That's <laughs> the that's playbook it. you got. That's all I had <laughs> to do, it. right? I had yes. one play. I mean, how much do you got? Two plays, actually. Uh, holding field goals and punting. There's my two plays. It's not that bad, right? I mean, it's a half a page – so that was my playbook. <laughs> but these guys in training camp, they don't get they have a playbook, but that playbook doesn't come with them to the game. That there's a playbook that is handed out a day before the game starts because information is very very private. Information is valuable. Nobody knows on this team with exception to the, some of the given, but some of these other guys 
there's, there's transactions that happen. And if I just gave my playbook to so-and-so and he just got cut the day before the game, what do you think is going to happen? That, that is privy to information, right? So they hand these playbooks out literally the day before the game at the hotel and have the guys be able to study them so that they can, you know, and they're, and they're very basic. And so that's it. They don't have the regular, and this is by no means the number officially, but let's just call there's 250 offensive plays. You might only have 30. You know, 30 plays going into to the preseason game. That's all you're going to need to run. Which, do the math, I mean, that's a very small percentage. It is a very small, and, and, it's a, and, and again, there's situations, right? So you got third down, second down, first and long on a penalty, you know, first and third and long, third and short, fringe. You hear all these terms that Brian Dable has used when they're going into practices. They're going to use these types of situational stuff to run their plays, but they're very minimal. If you look at Mike Kafka's play sheet, he's probably got on third and short, he's probably got two plays. You know, third and long, maybe three plays, and you kind of go through the whole script, and there's your playbook. That's what you got to learn. So that's more of a reason why you want to make sure you can execute the basics or the simplistic aspects of your offense, since as Jeff and I have been discussing, it's going to get more and more complex as the season progresses. Mm -hmm. As far as offensive players to watch, there's a lot of guys that have opportunity. I think the one position to me is wide receiver, and then I put tight end right behind. And the reason I'm putting tight end right behind is there's injuries at that position. For example, Ricky Seals-Jones, he's not playing today. He's been sidelined for camp. But, you know, if there was more competition for a guy like Daniel Bellinger, I would say, okay, we actually have a little bit more to evaluate. And then Andre Miller, the wide receiver from Maine who's converting to tight end, he's another guy that's sidelined. So that's why I'm putting tight end slightly behind wide receiver. But the wide receivers that will play, Darius Sladen, for example, somebody that is entering the end of his rookie contract, and there's been other competition that's been brought in through the draft, I would say he has a huge chance here to capitalize, take advantage of his reps, and prove that not only does he belong on the roster, Jeff, but that he deserves to also carve out a role within this offense. No question. Um, and by the way, you know, he's been a guy that's been a little bit inconsistent at the beginning of camp. I think this last week, just following him and, you know, reading about the practice reports, talking to some people. I think that Darius Slayton has, has stepped up a little bit this last week in practice, and now he has to carry that over into the game. He certainly doesn't, you know, it, the, he has the experience. He's played in the league long enough since 2019. So he's had some, you know, remember his rookie year, he was outstanding. So you're kind of hoping that maybe that's what's going to return. And obviously injuries kind of do something to some people. Sometimes it, it's not good. And I think that's kind of where Darius Slayton's coming from. But um, he has a tremendous opportunity to step up here. Um, you know, you don't know if, if Kadarius Tony's going to play or Shepard. Shepard's probably not going to play. He's on PC, Yeah, Shepard's on pop. But, yeah. you know, any of these other guys that aren't going to be in there, it gives you just one more chance to, to leapfrog somebody else that, that may have a – a chance to make the team just like you. So, and again, we have not talked about this. I know we will. I don't want to beat this to death, but the special teams component from this wide receiver position is yep. very, very important here because you can't have 10 wide receivers, but the six or five, six, or you have, you know, the back end of those guys got to play special teams. Now I don't know where Darius Slayton fits into that. Now, remember this, there's a bell curve in national football league, especially as a player that starts maybe this first year you come in, you're not on special team. If you're not, a, I'm, I'm talking like, let's just say if there's a legitimate starter, a wide receiver, a guy that's not going to play much special teams, right? But if you're a guy that's just made the team, you play special teams, all of a sudden at 
maybe the second and the third year, you don't play as much as them. And then all of a sudden you're kind of your career peaks around four or five years. And then all of a sudden you're coming down. Well, that back end, you start playing special teams again. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. But someone like Darius Slayton, we know he's a returner. But how much is he going to be used in any of the other big four things as far as special teams go? So that's something to watch out for. Well, and on that topic, the next guy I was going to bring up in that position group is Richie James, who has had a very strong camp. He is somebody, Jeff, with Mm -hmm. plenty of special teams experience. Uh, But this is not a game to me where he's proving that he's a special teamer. This is a game maybe where you give him wide receiver reps and let him show what he could do so that he justifies a roster spot to be an insurance wide out, even though you know that, hey, he can map out and carve out a role on special teams. Perfect analogy. Yeah, like a guy like C.J. Board. Okay, yeah. well, we know C.J. Board is a special teams guy, right? And he's and as as we heard, he's going to get a little bit of return uh, chances tonight. So that there's a special teams play, but but he will be a he'll be a a guy that's running down on punts and playing a lot of special teams. And he's a back end wide receiver. He's not going to be a starter, but he's going to be a guy that can be a backup. Okay, and then you look at Richie James. I agree with you. I think he's kind of a guy that we know he plays special teams, but tonight might just be like we need to we know what you can do there. And we know that what we've seen out of the wide receiver in you, we like. We saw a little bit of it in San Francisco. But let's see what you can do tonight with us, okay? Robert Foster is another guy, okay? Absolutely. Uh, Keelan Doss. And, and, and by the way, Colin Johnson. A big night for Colin Johnson. Yep. We saw him in the scrimmage, and he was just a favorite target of, uh, of uh, Tyrod Taylor. So let's see what, kind of, what he does tonight. But I think Colin Johnson is in the same kind of area as C.J. Board. Now, Robert Foster and Richie James, well, Robert Foster is also another special teams guy. So for you guys listening and you're going to watch the game tonight, look at these players on special teams because they're going to get an idea of how well they do. Is there a good chance if they're going to make the team or not? Well, I've talked a lot about Foster over the course of the offseason. He also was in Buffalo, so we know he has the Brian Dable-Joe Shane connection. Great gunner for the Bills. I just, I don't know based on the other competition, and that's why I look at him as sort of a wild card because you just don't really know, realistically speaking, does he have a shot to make an indent into the receiving be core really because hard. of what he does as a wide receiver? Really, really hard because there's other people in front of him, in my opinion, that are better receivers at this at this juncture I of agree. his career. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. And, and again, Wondell Robinson is a guy that we're all infatuated with right now. Okay, sure. Remember, this is a second-round draft pick. And remember where the Giants picked in the second round. So he's a borderline late first-rounder here. And he has shown it. The ability to be able to be a very impactful player, someone that's going to be fun to watch. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he does against another team tonight because he's done pretty much all he's needed to do against the team he practices with every day. And I'm excited to see him. I, I don't think that we'll see any of him in return mode. Uh, I think we'll just all, we're going to see him play a lot tonight, I think, and it'll be fun to watch. Well, and I think that they're better off giving some of those other players we talked about opportunities yeah. on specials as opposed to Wondell Robinson because, like you said, this is his first NFL game, whether mm-hmm. it's preseason, regular season. So, if anything, you want to see what he could do as a wide receiver, a running back, and see if that skill set from college now translates against unfamiliar opposition. I think it's more valuable to do that. Branching out on the offensive side of the ball, Jeff, who are 
some other players at other positions that you're looking forward to seeing. I think the backup offensive linemen mm-hmm. are key. Mm-hmm. How do they move them around? Who perhaps do they shift at guard and tackle that they're eyeing to be that jack-of-all-trades type of backup? Because I think we have a good grasp of who the starters are, but we want to now have a better idea of who they're experimenting with that could fill up six, seven, eight, nine on the offensive line depth chart. I like the depth component of that answer right there I, the, the depth is what I'm looking at I, I, I can pretty much with exception I, I think that the left guard and is probably the most competitive position if you will right now and to me I want to watch I want to see that okay uh, I would imagine that Lemieux will be starting there tonight um, it'll be interesting to see who replaces him I would I would bet a lot of money if I do bet that it would be a Zudu um, and you got to watch that because I feel like Joshua Izudu could very well become a starter in that position. And then Lemieux could be kind of that, that backup guy that plays center, plays guard for you. He's not a tackle. Um, and then again, segueing into the center position, I think we might see Lemieux play a little bit of center tonight because we've seen him do it in practice. So yep. We'll probably and this see is that. the time to take advantage of that. Exactly. And, and remember, he's, he's been taking reps, and he did a little bit of it last year. Um, so I think that until he got hurt, obviously. But I think that this is something to watch out for. I'm excited. And again, we have not really seen Evan Neal yet in a real NFL football game. I'm excited to see how he plays against some better competition. We will have to see what the New England Patriots think about that when they're going to play, if, or, if they're going to play any of their starters or who it's going to be. But... Um, and that those are kind of some of the things I want to look out for as far as positional stuff. The other one is, is Bellinger. I mean, he's honestly, he's, he's kind of worked into that starting position. Um, seals has been out, which I think at the beginning of the season off season and beginning of the training camp, he was probably your starter, right? Lance. And now he's nowhere to be found. Um, but I think that Bellinger is a guy that I want to watch a little bit too. And then I already told you about Robinson for me on offense. Um, it's all about communication and decision-making. Um, I want to see how Daniel Jones gets in and out of plays, how quickly he gets to the line of scrimmage, and some of the decisions that he makes. Now, I will tell you this. I know for a fact that Daniel Jones has been instructed uh, in the way that he prepares and goes and plays these games, and even in practice, that if the throw's not there, throw it away. So a lot of fans, I was reading Twitter. I was, I was kind of, which is always dangerous, but it is. And just kind (laughs) of in reading some of these articles and some of these people that think they know football, when the ball is thrown over the guy's head or he's, there's no way that he can catch the football. That is a throwaway. Hello. Remember that. Okay. And now if it hits the ground or it's just barely out in front of him or something, it's probably a bad throw. But if the ball is over his head by 10 feet, come on, people. The guy's an NFL quarterback. He's doing that on purpose. So stop being so picky about, oh, my God, he's throwing, he's missing. Hey, it's a good coverage. He threw it away. That's where he's supposed to throw it. And But they put him down as a, you know, I sound like Paul now, you know. Um, but <laughs> see, let's just what see happens it. when you spend too much time Woo, with him. Yeah. Rubs off on you a little bit. But that's what I want to say. Daniel Jones has got to, I want to see him, you know, make an impression tonight about how he can run that offense. And I know that. A lot of the Bills' offense was at the line of scrimmage, and I think that you may not see a lot of that tonight, but I at least would like to see play given, play called to the line of scrimmage, and no Eli Manning days where he walks up to the line of scrimmage and there's eight seconds left on the clock. How many times did we see that? I don't want to see that tonight. (laughs) 
No, hey, you never want to see those mistakes. Absolutely. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. One other thing that I just wanted to piggyback off of what you had said, the reports out of New England indicate that the Patriots are not going to be playing their starters oh, and okay. that well, Bill Belichick go. and company <laughs> will be leaning a lot on the back end of their depth chart to evaluate. So the reason I bring that up is that's another indication of how you've got to put any performance in perspective because if you're seeing the Giants ones against the Patriots twos or threes (laughs) and not to say that it's not encouraging to see players thrive and do well but when Tennessee goes out there Mike Vrabel's not going to do the Giants a favor and say you know what we're going to pay our twos and our threes today we're still evaluating yeah we're still evaluating (laughs) our ones okay when meaningful football begins Nobody gets yeah, we, any time we off. We didn't get the memo that there isn't four preseason games and we're playing the Giants <laughs> the fourth preseason game. We're not playing our starters. Exactly. Ryan Tannehill, <laughs> take the day off. We're going to play Malik Willis. We want to give the rookie an opportunity to get his feet wet because this is the pseudo fourth preseason game. Exactly. As you <laughs> laid out. 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants chat on Twitter. We will open up the lines and then we'll get to the defensive side of the ball. Players to watch some of our takeaways and observations of what we'd like to see on that side of the ball. Len is in Maryland. He joins us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Len? Hey, Len. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good to hear from you. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready. Game day. Game night. Whatever you want to call it. Uh... Uh, you know, here we go. It's going to be a lot of fun. Looking, looking forward to seeing the game. Hey, Jeff, just a, just a quick one on pregame pregame routine. You know, for 45 years, uh, the Giants warmed up in my end of the field, and last year, Coach Judge decided he was going to move them to the other end of the field. And I'm I'm hoping Coach Is Stable right? moves them back. To, yeah, I'm hoping Coach Stable moves them down to my end again because it was always fun to go down by the railing. I'm in the lower deck and. It's always nice to go down by the railing in that end of the field and uh, so, right over the offensive, right so over the offensive line. Len, yeah. Let me ask you a question. So, where, where we are at in the stadium, we're on the we're on the visitor side of the of the of the stadium. So, okay. I if am I'm, too. If I'm am... looking out at the field, the the normal spot would be to our left. No, if you're on the visitor side. Yeah, where were the Giants? No, no the normal. Up? That's that's where it was last year. Oh, okay. So, okay. So, for all the other years, it was in. It was. It was to the right, and I'm down to the right on about the goal line. Okay. So now, now I'm just trying to get my my bearing because now I know. I remember at the old Giant Stadium, which was Giant Stadium, not MetLife Giant right. Stadium. We used to come out of that tunnel, go to the left where our sideline was, and you're right. We would go to at from the Giant yeah. sideline. It would be to yeah. our left. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know yeah, what? Forty. That's, that's funny. I never. I never. <laughs> actually, I never really I know, realized. You know. That. <laughs> I mean, good for Coach Judge. He was trying to change things up, I guess. Uh, you know, you got to try everything. Well, well hold on uh, a I'm, second. I'm hoping, I hope they're coming back down. I hope they're coming back down because it's it's always exciting. You begin to feel the emotion. Uh, yeah. You know, you know why we don't you know why we don't we don't see that. That's because we're usually we're not at the game. We're not upstairs. Yeah, at that <laughs> and time. we're out well, front of, of the stadium. Yeah. We're, 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 still we're at the booth, and we're Correct. like we're, we're still in still on WFAA. The yeah. There you so, go. Exactly. There, there you, you go. go. That's okay. why I was wondering well, why I didn't realize this. Yeah, okay. yeah. So that's okay. why it got all confusing it so far. But okay. it's okay. We have at least settled those fears. <laughs> so hey, listen. If you have any say, make sure Coach Stable knows he's got to move the warmups down to the other. Well, I'm sure that's number one on his priority list, Lane. Right now, of all the things he's putting together on his laundry list, make sure we go back to the old setup in terms of warm-ups, yes. Well, well listen, listen, if you use my name, Len from Columbia, who knows, you know? It, uh, I'm sure it'll have plenty of weight, absolutely, yes. <laughs> okay, hey, listen, um, 
A couple of weeks ago on the website, uh, Coach was talking about instilling a winning attitude. Mm-hmm. You guys probably already know this, but the quickest way to instill a winning attitude is win. So, <laughs> well, yeah. I'd say that's, that's a, a good game plan, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, don't, uh, I don't care who the Patriots are putting on the field tonight. Win. Feel good when you come off that field. In fact, now I'm thinking, you know, we're actually, if you look at the Patriots roster, I, they're a third-place team in their division, and they only get to third place because they got the Jets behind them. Well, last uh, I mean, year they were second place, though. Yeah, and with this, I'm looking at Buffalo and Miami, Lance. I, I just think... No, listen, I think the uh, Dolphins have a lot more talent, I'll give you that, but yeah, hey, yeah, until yeah. it happens, I don't necessarily yeah, okay. give the other team an A, okay. is all I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking, and I know Lance, you don't, I, I say this every year, and I know you don't like it when I say it, but hey, I want to win. I don't care if it's a preseason game or not. Everybody feels better when you do, and that's how you get that, you know, that's how you get that winning attitude going. Um, you know, I want to see Daniel. Who doesn't? You know, I'm an integral part of the team. We've got to see how he does. Uh, I'm really anxious to see Barkley. I was at training camp one day. I don't know if you guys know that, but and Barkley looked pretty good that day, too. looks like he's moving really well. I want to see it in game conditions and, you know, keeping my fingers crossed with that. And I want to see Neil. I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping Evan plays 12, 15 plays, even if he plays three or four with, uh, you know, the second stringers. I, I just I want to see him on the field. I'm sure you guys have heard all the all the rumors. Oh, they're not really rumors. All the beat writers talking about, you know, the pass blocking is a little suspect. The run blocking's okay, but the pass blocking is a little suspect. Um, let him get out there and get his balance and get his get his feet set and you know against other professional athletes, uh, even if they're second stringers. You know, keep him out there for a while and let him play. And everybody's got to be excited about seeing Thibodeau. Oh, my gosh, maybe we got a real-life pass rusher here. I mean, that's going to be something, even though it's a preseason game. Well, and, you'll be able to take a lot of weight from the preseason just watching him play, right? Sure. I mean, yeah, like, this is yeah. a game, and it's no, there's no, there's no holdbacks here, right? In practice, as you know, Len, there, there is there, those guys are blowing the whistle quickly. They're they're taught yeah. to just to, this is full go. So I think this is going to yes. be really exciting to watch him. How yeah. it's a, you know, there's no holdback here. Just go. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, I, I this is going to sound a little crazy to you, but hey, you know, go out and have a little fun with this thing too. You know, I mean. Um, if you got the ball around the 50-yard line, go for it on fourth down. I mean, you know, come on, get you. We'll, we'll practice fourth down plays and get in the. No, that's a good you point. Know, get it, get yeah. in the swing of things. I'd like yeah. to well, see it this. Be, I mean, you huh? know, Jeff, I'm just going to jump in here. He may want to give Jamie Gillen uh, some opportunities at punting well, yeah. too, since he's new too. Yeah. So you know, yeah. that could I, go and I like I like Jeff's. I think it was yesterday, maybe day before yesterday, Jeff. I liked your analysis of what, you know, the kinds of things that that you sure. know the punter Thank has got to do. That we want to see that you know, the improvement in, and, uh, you know, I'm going to look at it. Next time I talk to you, Jeff, I'm, I'm, I'm probably, if I can't pick it up on the TV screen, uh, I'm going to get it on the NFL Network tonight, which will be fun. Okay. Um, uh, you, you know, I'm going to ask you who the, who, the, who, the, um, who, who the punt blocker is, who's the fullback, you know, who's in there picking mm-hmm. them up, and what are the nuances of that position? Well, I think and, that if you look at Julian Love is a guy that's that's there. Um, I know Andrew Adams has been a guy that I, I think could, can play yeah. that. You know, yeah. safe, safeties are really – remember, um, Peppers used to play that position. And he, oh, yes, and he was very good at it. So yeah. those yeah. are the type of guys, you know, they, they're 
you know, they're tacklers and, and yeah. really they they get a free release. And even yeah. though they're down there a little bit later, safeties are usually down a little bit later anyways, right? So they, they're able to make plays from that position as a natural fit for them, and that's why a lot of them are there. Because they can yeah, anticipate they're, that. They're, yeah. yeah, but they're, they're also back there too, Jeff. I mean, they're the, mm-hmm. they're the last blocker that's before exactly that punter. That's right. <laughs> yep. They're, they're <laughs> there for a turn, reason, Len. You, you, you lean left, and there's a guy coming from the right. So yeah. uh, I, I, I've always thought that was a pretty important position. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yep. Let's, go Gi- Let's go, Giants. Thanks right. for the phone call. And all the, all the games that I played, I mean, with exception to the few tackles I ever had, there's really only it's – it's unfair because it's 11 on the other side and 10 on my side, right, because I'm not really a tackler. Correct. You're not in position so, to make a tackle anyway. You've got to have You've your guy like other things, yeah. a safety that's, that knows that kind of – how to play the field and, and how to be that last line of defense, if you will, to be able to make a tackle. And that's why the safety or sometimes you got a linebacker that's in there. They're most of the time are defensive guys. Um, and when there's not a defensive guy, then there's, it's usually a running back or, um, you know, or usually a running back. That's about that's about fullback. Well, but a running back is a physical player. I think sure. you want a physical player, Jeff, in that position. You have to be able to yeah. guy that remember this. You're the last line of defense, but you're also the last line of defense for a guy coming to block the kick too, you know. And the other one is is that you 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 have to make the calls at the line of scrimmage. You know, there's usually eight guys is the most well sometimes you have 10 if they're going to bring everybody, but most of the time it's six, seven or eight guys in the box on a punt and they overload one side and they twist and they turn and you have to have direct communication with the center. The center and you you guys work together. So if there's five on the left and there's three on the right, then you two are covering those guys on the left and the other three guys on the right side of the blocking line, they're taking those other three. But the line that the center and the and the up back or the, the fullback have to be able to make sure you know which guys because if I'm taking the same guy as the center, there's a guy coming scot free. Yeah. And that's the communication that you have to have. And that's the communication that I'm talking about that I want to see in the game on all three levels tonight because you have new newness everywhere. Other than with the exception of special teams. Even though the T Mac is the special teams coach here last year, it's all new. It's everybody's new anyway. So that's the type of communication you need. No mental errors. You're going to have them. It's preseason. You're going to get guys that just, you know, they flip out and they just forget. Um, you just hope you don't forget it on the punt team and get punts blocked because that is a no no in preseason. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three time NBA Six Man of the Year elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of that, like that, see that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because it ain't me. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Especially if you're trying to make the team. That's what I mean. By <laughs> carving out a role on special teams. If you want so. a quick way out of the building, just give Correct. up a, a, a block kick. That's yes. Goodbye. You see you That's later. a no-no. No. 100%. Real quickly, just in terms of the point about winning in the preseason and building a winning culture, 
which is what the last caller brought up. I don't think those things are necessarily synonymous with one another because, A, if winning was so important in the preseason, Jeff, then you'd play all your starters. Why would you hold guys back if that's so critical? You wouldn't worry about the injury risk. And the other thing is, in terms of the new players understanding the importance of winning, Jeff, where did Evan Neal come from? He came (laughs) from Alabama. You don't think he won enough in college to understand the importance of winning? (laughs) Kayvon Thibodeau came from Oregon. Something tells me they won a few games with the Ducks. It's not as if there's a rude awakening that these guys don't understand the importance of winning. You're having individuals come in. It's not like they haven't played the game before and they don't understand the taste of victory and how important that is. But I think most of the players and the coaches in the preseason, this is the experimentation phase. And I think the priority is evaluating, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't, not necessarily the end result on the scoreboard. I'd be more worried about how guys react from losing. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> because they've never done it. Because they've never done that before. <laughs> Correct. Exactly. Yes. I'm yes. like, okay, guy. All right, Evan, uh, you've had plenty of winning in your life. Um, what do you think about like, how are you going to react when you lose the game? Are you going to be okay with this? Or like, I mean, he needs point. one hand to tell you how many games he lost at Alabama over his entire career. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah that's uh, more of an adjustment and, than the winning. And again, this is, you know, when you talk to guys that are in the building and coaches and players, you play to win the game. You really do. And what that means in this type of game is that you are trying to make the right decisions to win a football game. But you're also trying to do the right thing and evaluate so you can win football games, right, when it counts. And that's kind of like that's what these games are all about. Um, yes, it is. It's, it, you have to have a winner and a loser. I mean, you could have a tie. But I mean, you know what I'm saying. But I think that it's just it's important that everything that goes into it is not all about the win. It's all you can still I feel like you can lose the game, but still win the game on paper and do a lot of good things. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You've got great work in for your team. And a coach will never get up in front of the podium and ever tell you that. But you kind of understand maybe a little bit about, okay, yeah, we did a lot of good things. You know, for instance, the first team right on offense. We have a script. We would love the first team to have 13, 14 plays or whatever it is. Well, they go down on the first drive, a nine-play drive for you know 75 yards and a touchdown, but you lose the game by three touchdowns. Well, I'm excited about what the first team offense did, and I count that as a win. Yep. It's almost like the scrimmage where you give them three points or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? But that's to me, is a win, but the game is a loss. And now, the regular season, I don't think it really matters. It's all about who won and who lost and then how to get better for the next week. But this is a different situation. Perspective is completely different. 100%. I think that's well said. No, and that was a perfect example of how you can succeed in a preseason setting, but the end result is not necessarily the end-all, be-all. So we focus on the offensive side of the ball. Before we wrap up shop, let's turn our attention to the defensive side of the ball for tonight. Things we're looking for, players to watch, opportunities. As far as Wink, very similar to Mike Kafka, Wink has called plays before, so it's not necessarily an adjustment for him. But if you're going to ask guys to move around and you're going to be aggressive, I'm not saying that he's going to really hit those buttons tonight, but communication Jeff, just as important on the defensive side as it is on the offensive side of the ball. And maybe there's a play where you do send the Wolves. You send everybody. You leave one of the guys out on an island. I think that's a great test to see one of these young cornerbacks, whether or not he can handle his own, if all of a sudden it's a one-on-one matchup deep down in the field, because that could very well play itself out during the course of the regular season. There's no question in anybody's mind about the Wink-Martindale system and what you're going to see. 
If you don't, if you didn't know the Wink Martindale blitz, then you don't belong coaching in the National Football League. So we're not going to worry about that, right? So that's going to happen. It just may not happen a lot in tonight's game. But you are going to have to, as you're the Giants players, you have to understand that we are going to get in some situations that command the the type of concentration and not make these mental errors. Because when you blitz in the National Football League, whatever team you're on, you're giving up something. You're, it's, it's a gamble. And so you have to be able on the, on, the, on the other side of the coin, when the guy's blitzing, you want him to make a play. You want him to do his job. But it's going to take a lot of guys on the backside of that to make up for it because you're giving up a guy in coverage or whatever it is. So that's where the mental errors and wing system comes in. As far as the, the defensive backs, that's where I was going to go. I'm really interested to see Robinson and Holmes, okay, how they play. Um, and, and where they're, I, I think those are, you're going to be your guys outside of a Dory Jackson. Um, so I'm interested to see how they like to, to, how they play in this system. Um, and then also Beavers is another guy that I'm really excited about how Wink is going to use him in a limited basis in a preseason game, but how he plays. So those are some of the guys I'm looking at. And of course, Thibodeau, we already talked about, and then this is the big one for me. And I, I it may not be that big to everyone else, but I feel like, because the linebacker, Martinez, has always worn that green dot, well, McKinney's going to be wearing that green dot tonight. And I want to, even though I'm not going to be able to see or hear or learn or any about this stuff, interested to see how that goes with him, you know, because that's something new for him too. Yeah. And I actually, we were doing a feature on Giants.com. I pointed out that I thought one of the biggest storylines so far out of camp is the fact that McKinney mm -hmm. is wearing the green dot helmet. And it's not like, oh, my God, this is brand new for Wink. He's used safeties, sure. Jeff. We've talked about it on this show. But it's new for this defense specifically. Mm -hmm. It's also new for McKinney. So that is a notable change, meaning now the guys have to look at the back end of the defense to know what play they're running. And it's McKinney's job to make the necessary adjustments because he's the one in communication with the defensive coordinator. So I'm with you. I think how that operation runs is definitely something to watch. It's not going to be out in the open because we're not listening in <laughs> to the communication. But if maybe there's a few hiccups along the way, you could say, hey, maybe it's a product of McKinney still trying to get his feet wet. One other player that I want to throw out in the secondary is Cordell Flott. Third-round pick yeah. this year. Yeah, Holmes, in. right, has a leg up on him based on what he's done in camp, but Flott's been playing on the outside. Where does he line up in this game? Does he take advantage of some of his opportunities? And where does Wink see him fit once the season starts? To me, that's another guy I would add in to all of the other players that you had mentioned. Yeah, and there's going to be a lot of guys, you know, filtering through that defensive backfield tonight. And again, there there's another component to the defensive back also. That's the special team because those guys are – they're speedsters. They're going to be cover guys running down, and they're also going to be covering guys when the other team is punting. So that's something that everyone should watch out for tonight and see how those guys mix into the into the mix as far as special teams. Holmes, we've heard, is going to probably return kicks tonight. He's a returner. Um, you know, he's a guy that can make some plays, and uh, we'll see what he does. But I think that all, all in all, this is this will be very interesting to watch. I'm not really worried about the score tonight. I, I'm never having preseason. I just want to see how you. how this this game, you know, how how they perform. And by the way, here's the other one too. There, there, we don't talk about this a lot, which is a big component of a football game. is called sudden change, and sudden change is interception quickly, and all of a sudden the defense is back out on the field. Okay, that tests the conditioning of the or offense or defense. 
And you heard Brian Dable talk about we need to improve our conditioning. Well, I feel like at this point in time, where we are in practice, in practices, we've had the Giants have had ten more ten practices. You're now going to have your first game. The conditioning level should match the intensity of what's going on, and we'll see what happens because you could be on the offense and have a nine play drive, ten. 13 play drive for six, seven, eight minutes out on that field. You kick the ball off, they fumble, and now you're the offense back on the field. Now you got to go back out. So that's the sudden change conditioning component of the game that I like to see as a coach and how we react to that. And we hope we get one of those. We also hope we get a two minute in there, either at the end of the game or before the first half. That's something that every coaching staff wants to get in a preseason game because you may not be able to. But if you get it, it's kind of extra points. We get to we practice the two-minute offense. We practice from coming from behind and and also being ahead. Those are some of the things you want to look for. Situational football yep. is what you're talking about. Yep. Every coach always wants to get something like that into a preseason game so that it's not all of a sudden the first time you're experiencing it in week one or week two of the regular season. Few reminders before we carry on our conversation about the defensive side of the ball. Giant season tickets are on sale now for the 2022 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seats starting at just 100 bucks. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. Also... Don't miss your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience. Watching Giants games and world-class concerts in 2022 as a Giants suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available, or you can place a deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com suites for more information. Want to turn our attention to another position group and some of the guys on the back end that we haven't mentioned, Jeff. Specifically, the linebacker position. Because if you remember, Wink earlier this week said, interior guys, number one, it's wide open. He wasn't necessarily saying the starters, but I think the group in general, he thinks there's a lot of opportunity. So that's one thing to take into consideration. Who gets reps there and how do they perform? The other thing is guys behind Kayvon Thibodeau, Quincy Roche, O'Shane Zimenez. Those two guys in particular. Zimenez, final year of his rookie deal. Roche was a guy that they claimed off of waivers from the Steelers and had some flash plays last season. But now Thibodeau is the new kid on the block. Thibodeau clearly is ahead of them on the depth chart. Can they prove their versatility and carve out a spot on this roster? Those two guys in particular... I think there's a critical preseason for both of them. And once again, I'm not just talking about getting a sack and getting after the quarterback. I'm just saying when you're in, doing things within the confines of the defense, being well-disciplined and showing up on film for the coaching staff to warrant a spot behind the likes of Thibodeau and whoever else they view as one of their key rushers, such as, of course, Aziz Ojolari once he comes off the non-football injury list. Everybody talks about edge rushers, and in, in, in the same sentence, it's all about sacking quarterbacks. But the one thing you have to understand is that you know most of the league is a it's a passing league. There's more passing plays than there is running plays. But you got to be as a good edge rusher, you also have to be able to play the run well. And so I think that's something that you want to look at these two guys that you mentioned. How are they able to play the run and not only play the pass, but be able to be to be good at both? And that's what really makes a good edge rusher and situational stuff where he can make plays with his, you know, with the running game. And that's important. So those are some of the players to watch out for tonight. We also talked about each side 
of the football. Few things in terms of what to expect coming up later today. We will have our Giants Radio Network pregame show. It will start at 6 p.m. Eastern on WFAN, so you could look out for that. We will also have postgame coverage immediately following the game for 60 minutes also on WFAN. Jeff and I will be breaking down the game. We'll get some player reaction and so forth. So that is something that you can keep on your radar as you monitor the game over the course of this evening. We'll be back up and running on Friday tomorrow for a new edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live, further breaking down the game at 2 p.m. Eastern here on Giants.com and the mobile app. Jeff, rest up, buckle up, and I will speak to you in a few hours. (laughs) Yes, you will. We will be together again. Thank you, Lance. Absolutely. A pleasure as always. Today's episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live, it's part of the Giants platforms everywhere and Giants.com slash podcasts. For Jeff Fiegels, I'm Lance Meadow. Stay locked to Giants.com for all the latest, and we will speak to you on Friday right here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Have a good one. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainer, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.